Our second lesson is from the Gospel of Mark. It's printed for you here in your liturgy. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. They told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand. He lifted her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening, at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. There he prayed. Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they had found him, they said to him, Everyone's searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues, casting out demons. Family of God, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh God, open our ears. Your Holy Spirit would be the one who teaches us. Whose ears to hear the gospel, eyes to see Jesus, eyes to see each other through Jesus' eyes. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This week, when I was contemplating this Mark text that's in front of us this morning, the one we just read, I found myself immediately making connections between what was going on in Mark and different songs that I often listen to. It was a really interesting week. I kept thinking of one song after another in relationship to this text. Now, I don't know exactly why that was happening, but... I do know that the Spirit brings to mind certain experiences. Uh, The Spirit brings us people into our lives and the words that they say to us. Spirit brings us art, literature, songs. Um, The Spirit brings all of these people and experiences. Uh, to our minds and hearts at the right time in conjunction with reading God's word in order to help us move our head and heart more deeply into what Jesus is doing in the world today. What he was doing then, we read about it in Mark, what he is doing today. Songs were in my head all week and People saying things. Community group this week. Here's an advertisement for community group. I feel like most of this sermon was written in my head at community group as I listened to what my sisters and brothers were saying about not this text, but a text that at least is uh, thematically related to much of what is going on here. Anyway, but poor Davin. I kept sending him song ideas. For communion. Ping, you know, another Slack message comes up. How about this one? How about this one? How about this one? (laughs) It was the Johnny Cash song, uh, Take This Weight From Me, Set My Spirit Free, Let Me Be Unchained. 
that was a song that went through my mind over and over again. It's from that great recording that the series toward the end of his life that he did with American Recordings with Rick Rubin doing it. This one's from the album with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers uh, were backing him. And, uh, but, but then I threw, I don't know if Davin will do that, I threw him another one. So we ended up doing Deeper Well, which was great. I think what Davin's doing is he's tricking me into taking lessons at Davin Young's voice studio. You sing your own song if you want. <laughs> that deeper well song. I was talk about how the spirit brings things to mind at different times, and I'm telling you this story not to regale you with the with the uh, the the. the the, the things that happen when a preacher's crafting a sermon, but to hopefully remind you, as I'm reminded, that the Spirit, if we have ears to hear, the Spirit is using what's around us to bring us into a deeper experience and understanding of what Jesus is doing in the world today and what the Scripture means and how to apply it. And it was at the hideout Chris, country Christmas party that I was listening to Deeper Well for probably the you know, 199th time in my life, maybe 599th time in my life, and it's a wonderful song that Emmy Lou Harris popularized on Wrecking Ball CD, and a friend of mine leaned over to me, and he said, Bob, deeper well, this song is the human condition. This song is the human condition. So, so all of this was running around inside of me as I was reading this text from Mark this week, and thinking about Caleb's sermon from last week on the verses that precede our text this morning, I was thinking about the human condition. We're so needy. We're so frail. We, we all have so much longing for wholeness. If we're only still enough, if we're, only not, if we're not so distracted, and when we're honest enough to admit it, We'll all admit that we need the weight taken from us. We can't take it from ourselves. We all need the water from the deeper well. It's hard, though, isn't it, to linger with those moments of stillness and honesty. Admission, even just to ourselves, let alone to another person or to God... Admission of our brokenness and weakness, you know, that can leave us feeling deep sense of shame and inadequacy. There's so many experiences that we have and so many, so many thoughts that are coursing around in our heart that if we reveal them even to ourselves or to God, much less to another person, you know, we feel exposed. These realities, these sinful patterns that make up our human condition, when we get a glimpse of what they are, we do have that moment of honesty. So often, it sends us into hiding. So often, it sends us right back into hiding. Hiding. 
But the good news that Jesus is with us, the good news that that we celebrate at this communion table each week is that Jesus' very presence with us draws us out of the shadows, draws us out of hiding, and says to us, in effect, my dear child, do not be ashamed. Do not feel like you have to hide. Jesus says, I love you, and I want you to be whole. Jesus is all about tending to the needs of the human condition. Jesus is like a grace and love magnet. A grace and love magnet that draws brokenness out of the shadows and into his presence so that he might heal and love and forgive and restore and enable us to sing a new song. When Jesus was here on earth and encountered, encountered human suffering, he did engage it with deep compassion. And because he can heal, he does heal. And yet, importantly, he never lets the healing miracles be the main show. Remarkably. He never lets the healing miracles be the main show. Mark, even better than the other gospel writers, points that out in the way that he arranges the material in his gospel. Highlighting what some people refer to as the Markan secret. The Markan secret. As we've seen this morning, we saw the Markan secret at play. Jesus forbids the demons from speaking about him because they know who he is. And in almost all of the miracle accounts in Mark, Jesus warns the very people that he heals not to go and talk about it. What's up with all the secrecy, Mark? What's up with all the secrecy, Jesus? Well, it seems that Jesus doesn't want his mission to be reduced to that of a miracle worker. Jesus knows that the human condition, he knows it better than we know about the human condition. He knows, so to speak, that we would be happy enough with miracles, happy enough with miracles, but but he also knows better than we do that the weight that our sin brings to us must be taken away. That our needs run deeper than the suffering that we often feel. He knows that we are, whether we know it or not, we are in need of a deeper healing. He knows that we're looking for the water from a deeper well. One miracle makes this point very clearly. It comes along in the next chapter of Mark when Jesus heals a paralytic. It's quite an event. And and many of you may be familiar with this story, but there's a paralytic and his friends try to get him into Jesus' presence. And there's so many people around, they can't do it. So they make a hole in the roof and they lower 
the guy down into the midst, into the presence of Jesus by lowering him through the roof. Now, how's that for a grace and love magnet? Draws people up through the roof into his presence. Jesus then does something that's remarkable. And it was super controversial. Mark says that Jesus saw their faith and that Jesus said to the young man, your sins, they're forgiven. The religious authorities, they are up in arms, apoplectic. What are you saying? What are you doing? No human being is supposed to say these things. Only God can forgive sins. Who does Jesus think he is? To which Jesus replies to their thoughts, which is easier. To say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, stand up, take up your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them. They were amazed and glorified God said, we've never seen anything like this before. One of the many remarkable things about this healing and what Jesus says in the course of it is that when we look at it in the big picture of Mark's gospel, of course the point here is that it's harder to forgive sins. It's harder to forgive sins than to heal people for Jesus. This little nugget about forgiving sins, it's a little cryptic foreshadowing of the suffering and death that Jesus must undergo on the cross to forgive our sins. The heart of his mission will be to go to the cross, suffer and die for the sins of, our, of, of, of you and me, for the sins of the world, and to once and, all, once and for all break the power of evil that's at work in the world. And he does all this so that human beings like you and me might enjoy a foretaste of the blessedness and the shalom of the world to come in this life. And when the post-cross and post-resurrection church would have heard that story about Jesus saying, which is easier, their minds and hearts would have been drawn to the cross as even our minds and hearts are drawn to the cross this morning. So Jesus knows our human condition well. He knows it better than we do. And he knows it so well. He knows us so well. He loves us so deeply. He will not allow us to, so to speak, settle for miracles. He wants for us a deeper healing. He wants us to have the weight taken from us deep inside. He wants us to have the water from a deeper well. And this healing that Jesus wants to do in us is not simply so that we won't suffer the consequences of our sin. This healing empowers and enables us to join Jesus in mission. The connection between Jesus healing of us and empowering us to be on mission with him jumped out at me, as I mentioned, on Wednesday night at community group 
when I was listening to my sisters and brothers talk about how the scriptures and the gospel challenges our notions of what freedom is for. Freedom is to be empowered, to be on mission with God. That's how we're made as human beings. When, when you look at what Jesus wants to do for you, you know, I mean, I grew up in a very conservative background. And, you know, the most important thing that you can know is that you were not going to hell. <laughs> that was the most important thing you can know. And the most important thing you can know about that is that you need to confess your sins and trust Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. I believe all of that. However, what a truncated view of what God is doing in Christ. God sets us free so that we might join Christ in mission. Isn't that exciting? If you let that sink in, you will look at your life in a fundamentally different way. It is not about you. It is not about you. It is not about me. It is about Jesus, and it is about us following him and participating in his mission in the world. Jesus carries out his mission with a cruciform commitment to revealing the love of God to all people, even as Caleb mentioned and we were in communion this morning that we represent the heart of God to the world. Jesus does this because he's the unique God human being who lives in per- perfect lockstep with the will of God. We, however, in order to do this, we, however, must die to ourselves. We've got to die to ourselves and live by and in his power living into his cruciform identity. Paul puts it this way in Galatians. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. In Christ, our desires to objectify others, they are crucified with Christ. Our self-righteous anger is crucified with Christ. Our envy, our greed, they are crucified with Christ. Every tendency that we have that takes us away from human flourishing and builds up so much static in our hearts and clutter in our minds that we can't love others as God has loved us, all of that is crucified with Christ. And that's why we come here to this table each week to be crucified with Christ that we might share in Christ's mission. And that's why we speak the gospel to each other in the, in the days that separate the Sundays so that we might be crucified with Christ, live into his power, and join him in mission. Jesus is all about the human condition. And he says to us, come and follow me. Do not be ashamed of who you are. I will take your weight. I will give you water from the deeper well. I will forgive all of your sins. I will empower you to share in my ministry of compassion to others. Let your woundedness and your thirst, let your feelings of inadequacy, let your weaknesses be drawn out into the open. And into Jesus' presence. So that he may in turn heal your wounds. 
and that you may in turn be the one who the wounded can trust. Because as Henri Nouwen suggested in the, in the title of his great book so many years ago, the wounded need wounded healers because it's only the wounded healer that you can trust. Jesus draws us out of the shadows, out of our, out of our sin and out of our feelings of inadequacy that we might join him in mission. Sing, sing a new song. Let's sing that song with our lives in the week that comes in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.